0: Brick and Mortar Reporter, episode 57, where Angel Rivera tells us how he's now following his passion. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick.
1: Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler.
0: Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy and I'm your host and I'm so glad you've joined us today. Today we have on slate for you part two of the Angel Rivera interview. Now, as you remember from yesterday, Angel had military experience, got out of the Navy, accidentally discovered that he was really good at Latin dancing, met his wife who was an instructor And together they began their business and they opened a time to dance dance studios in San Diego, California. Well, fast forward 14 years later and Angel brings us up to date in this episode on what he's doing to follow his passion now and to live the fullest life he and his wife can possibly live. So welcome Angel Rivera for part two of his interview.
1: If you're passionate about what you're doing, and I wasn't passionate anymore about what I did, which is why I sold, but if you're listening to this and you're passionate about what you're doing, then you have to find your niche market and find something that you can do that's different and then maximize Mm -hmm. on it and go for it and don't stop until you make it.
0: Well, and, you know, I think um it, it does a lot of things for the local business owner to be that first. I mean, it establishes you as a authority person in your niche. At the same time, you know, it, some people might say, well, it's easy to do a dance festival because that's really fun. But who's going to come to a plumber's festival or a carpenter's festival or, you know, whatever. But you know what? Those are things that if you look at. I was listening to someone the other day and I I listened to so much stuff that, uh, but I I don't even remember where it came from. But somebody was talking about, you know, if you are only looking at what your competition is doing, you're never going to be the first to do anything. You have to look outside your industry and see what other industries are doing and maybe borrow their ideas and bring it to your industry and be the first in your industry and that's a great way to not have to reinvent the wheel but borrow that business model that some other industry is doing, bring it to yours, you be the one to do it and then pretty soon you're the authority, you're the one that's getting the benefit of it and you're bringing all that expertise to you instead of you having to go to it.
1: Absolutely and I, I heard an I audio that. program a, a couple weeks ago, I forgot who it was but he was talking about innovation. I think it was in Success Magazine and there was a CD uh-huh. in there and it was amazing. This guy was- Alluding to saying nobody is an original creator of anything anymore. You know. True. You, you yeah. And you borrow part and parcel of what mm-hmm. people are doing because that's what they did. But what they did is they focused, they focused on a specific area to make their product look better. And that's mm-hmm. all this pretty much is, is focus on – when we did our festival, there was other festivals that were going on nationwide. I mean so many. It just wasn't happening in San Diego, and it's a once-a-year event, so you have one shot every year to make money. So that was a thing against us, but we did it, and it took us – we had some trials there. It took us five years to finally make a profit. So.
0: Well, I was going to ask about that because I know, um, you know even whenever I listen to podcasts about people putting on events and stuff, I mean it is no small price tag. To put on an event and reserve the venue. And you know there's a lot of money up front, you know, anywhere from thirty thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars sometimes that someone's having to front and then hope that it sells out and hope your block of hotel rooms <laughs> gets Absolutely. taken and and all that. So I was wondering how long it was before. So from year 5 through uh I get and we'll cut, count nine, um you're in the re- in the black as far. Yeah, as now we the, are. Um, now
1: now we're, we're good to go every year. We're we're consistently since 2000 since uh, our our fifth year we're we're making we're in the black. But our first five years, it was rough. Like you said, you had the attrition, you have the hotels, you have their high cost. They're taking a risk, mm-hmm. giving you their ballrooms, give, you know, blocking out rooms. And they make sure that if you don't make it, that they're going to get their money. Sure. Uh, so yeah, yeah, our first year, I think we lost like about maybe 9,000. Our second year, we lost about five. And then it started to not be so bad, one. And then we broke even. Uh, and then we finally made a small profit. And then in our sixth, seventh year, eighth year was when we, Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you know you probably know things now in year number nine that you if you knew back in year number one you probably could have applied and made it a little more profitable. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that experience is priceless. Absolutely. Now, are you keeping that part of the uh, part of your um, business? Are you still going to be doing this also? I or am did thinking. You, you know,
1: it? I'm, I'm thinking about. My wife and I are thinking about it. We when we when we put our studio out there and we announced our retirement. Um, we didn't. Re- like, this is the other thing. When we sold our studio, there was no I mean, who do we follow? Do we go to a company that helps us sell and takes a profit? I didn't want to. Ch- sure. And nobody that I know of has, has, has ever sold a dance studio. They just mm, uh, close out just yeah. down and call it a great 15 years. I <laughs> told my wife, I said, we 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 gotta. I'm, I feel it. I, I prayed. I'm like, somebody's gonna buy. And she's like, if we announce it, there's no going back. I said, absolutely. So it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I told her, I said, at the end of the year, our lease is up. If we just announce it and nobody buys, then great, we just close. But if somebody does, if somebody does get the bait, then hallelujah. You know, that's just go.
0: For yeah. It.
1: So we announced sure. it, and somebody bit. And that's what happened. And when that person bit, everybody started asking, "What are you doing with the festival? What are you doing with the festival?"
0: Oh yeah. So
1: when that started happening, we thought to ourselves, "Hmm." So right now, we are still the official owners of the festival, but okay. we are, you know, we're thinking about it. We have the option open to, to be- the possibility. Absolutely, Christy. Absolutely, okay. because you know, again, we have to take an evaluation and we have to focus, and we have to see if this is something that we really want to put our time into because we have new endeavors that we're starting. Yeah, it's,
0: it's I was going to say it's it's good that you haven't unloaded everything at once, but at the same time you might, um, you know, as this next year comes and goes, you might, you know, change your mind on some of that kind of stuff. So whether you get nostalgic for it or whether you say, I don't even want to deal with it anymore. Either way, you're, you'll come to some decision, I'm sure, about that. Now, let me ask you this because I know as a dance studio owner um, – the classes and people signing up for classes and lessons and uh, those type of things are the way that you make your money. And I was wondering what types of marketing strategies you found to be the most successful for bringing people into your studios.
1: Great question, Christy. And, and this is, again, and I, I know you're, you're hitting local local businesses, smaller businesses. Sure, so yeah. So the best one that we used was word of mouth referral marketing
0: uh, that was yeah. that was
1: the biggest that is going to be your gold mine Treat your customers so amazing that they're going to go and tell their friends, their coworkers, their family members to come and experience what you have. Put a referral program together. Generously uh, compensate them for bringing in a new member or bringing in a new client to you. Um, that's what we did, and then in the process of doing that, we created. And this is when we were re- doing really well when we didn't have any kids that I could put my time into. It was, and this was for our business, but it may be easier for yours. Um, but because I was the product, we had like weekly dances where we would bring people in and we would talk to uh-huh. them, dance with them, make them feel amazing and genuinely do it, you know, because we really, uh-huh. it was awesome. And we had like two hundred I think we got up to about 179 members paying us $89 a month. So, oh, wow. you know, you can do the math there. It was pretty awesome. Sure. You know, it wasn't big time money, but for a mm-hmm. for a 24 and 25 year old making, you know, that kind of money. Um, sure. Awesome. And we did that by servicing our clients and making them feel really awesome and providing a platform for them to be able to uh, express themselves and be able to invite their friends and family members to come and experience what we had. But, you know.
0: You know that's it's funny that you talk about the referral programs cuz I can remember it was uh, gosh and it's been you know 20 years ago when I got out of college um the group of us that kind of went to college together and were still in the same town um I had a friend who was always very cutting edge and it's funny because now she's the CEO and owner of her own successful marketing agency and um just branding cr- like crazy and she I mean, she's just really really good at what she does But she had a group of us that were probably a group of 10 or 12 of us friends that always hung out. And she said one night, um, you know, she called us all and invited us and she said, "Okay, on Friday night, I need you to go somewhere with me. I've got something for us to do. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you need to dress up. And we were all like, What in the world are we doing? So it's like, Okay, meet at you know, my house or this house or whatever. And so we all got in the car And before we knew it, we had driven to, like, a Fred Astaire dance studio. And then she told us she had been taking ballroom dancing lessons. So we all had this lesson. It was hilarious. I mean, there were, you know, 10 or 12 of us friends that just took over the classroom. And, of course, we, you know, most of us ended up signing up for at least, you know, a good six or eight lessons or so, you know. But it was just, you know, that was such a a fun thing and so out of the ordinary for us. You know, we were from very conservative backgrounds where dancing was, you know, a bad thing anyway. But it was, you know, it was ballroom, so it was okay. <laughs> <So> it was <laughs> just, it was just funny. <laughs> exactly. We weren't doing anything crazy like that. But it was just something, it was just an unusual experience that we got to have. And so, you know, that referral program made me made me think about that because, um, you, you know, referrals are something that I think some local businesses do struggle with and, you can, like you say, take a proactive um, approach to it and solicit them and build a referral program into your business plan it, rather than just sitting back and waiting for them to happen. Because if you don't ask for it, I mean, it's the same thing as testimonials or reviews or something of your business if you don't ask those people who are already your biggest fans for that, then they're probably not you know, who's going to give it to you?
1: Exactly, and
0: so I love the fact that you built build a you know referral program into your business, and that could translate to almost any industry I could imagine. Oh, it can, and,
1: and it's it's what's beautiful about it is anybody can do it. And one of the one of the fallbacks when we decided to do it was all the technology behind it. You had all these companies calling us because I sent out one or two emails about a specific referral marketing program, and then mm-hmm. you get so inundated with everything that you got to do online. And uh-huh. it was just like, you know what, I said, stop it, because every single email that we got was another obstacle that was ahead of us <laughs> that made us feel we couldn't do it. So I said, yeah. you know what, we're done. I'm going to Staples. I'm going to get some notepads, and we're going to do it old school, get my pen out, yeah, and we're just uh-huh. going to do it, and then we're going to learn as we go. And that's what we did. We just, you know what, and somebody came in. We made little business cards with little stamps on it. When they came in, we punched cards in it. We came in, it's yeah. Awesome we just did it. And it was amazing. It was so amazing how it was happening. And like you said, when you went to that dance studio and you walked in, you were probably a little nervous, a little scared, but then it was, sure. you got on that dance floor, music played, your girls were having fun. The instructor probably came in and did an amazing job. And that's what you, you, you bought the experience and the instructor yeah. just reinforced that experience and it made you come back for more. And that's what you Absolutely. need to do. You need to be the the vehicle that reinforces the amazing experience to bring people back.
0: It's definitely true. And I think if more businesses looked at their customer interactions as experiences, they would have um, a lot more raving fans Absolutely. you know, out there because that's so critical. Now, you talked a little bit about um, – some of the online things that you were you know, trying to keep up with and that sort of thing. And I know probably during much of your early years, the Internet wasn't a big player and social media had not even come around yet. But had did you have to use social media or did you get involved in, in social media with your business?
1: We did very little. I mean so, the, the thing with social media, and I'm not against it, I think it's, it's great, but mm-hmm. it changes so much. It does, it does. To have a person that's trying to focus on their business, try to get into social media, is very, very difficult. I mean, you look at a fan page today. The, the algorithm with fan pages has changed dramatically.
0: Yes. I mean, you can have has. literally
1: a hundred thousand fans, and when you post something, you'll probably have a hundred likes. Where right. a year ago you would have ten thousand likes. That means the sure. is getting smaller because Facebook wants you to buy ads to reach the people you already reached. So. Yeah. Everything that you use from a social media standpoint, like Facebook or anything else, is about money. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's bad to do it. I'm just saying if you can hire somebody to do it, great. But if you don't have the money to do it, don't worry. Go old school, grassroots advertise. Sure. It is the best. Like you said, Christy, experience is huge. Make yeah. people feel a certain way and they will not forget you.
0: You know, and I think um, the one thing about um, social media, and I think people forget, especially local businesses, it is overwhelming to try to keep up with Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram and all these other things, Um, but there are so many businesses and so many local businesses especially that really naturally lend itself to YouTube, And, you know, I could see how, you know, teaching someone a dance step or a dance move or even featuring a video of a competition or something like that could really bring a lot of people to your YouTube channel, to your website, and that sort of thing in a much more, um, across the board way than anything on Facebook. I mean, I'm not against Facebook. I have all that kind of stuff, but like you said, they have they have throttled back your reach so much that unless you're willing to pay for it and pay for likes and even then once you pay for those likes, unless you get user engagement, you're not going to continue to get that reach. Absolutely. And so it's, you know, I don't want to say it's rigged against you, but it is a thing where you've got to continue feeding the beast in order to uh, get the ROI. Yeah. And, and, if, and if
1: I can say, just, just pick a social media platform that is conducive to your business model. So sure. for example, YouTube, the reason I didn't use YouTube was if I would have provided online videos for people to look at, they wouldn't come to my dance studio. So right, for me, yeah. that wasn't the. Pr- so we, what we did is we used Instagram or we, you know, we'll just post pictures of people mm-hmm. having a great time. And then when they see people having a great time, we post a lot of social pictures, sure. instructors and people. and People have smiling, people dancing. And when we post those pictures, people will see them and they'll be like, "Ooh, I want to be a part of that. That looks like mm-hmm. fun. So then they would come to our dance studio. So we used Instagram and we used Pinterest. And we had a Facebook fan page and we still posted on there, but get good at one social media platform and maximize on it and make sure that that platform is going to do more good for your business than not.
0: Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that. And even, you know, even with, you know, any type of business, there might be certain small segments that you could say i'm gonna you know give this content away through facebook or through youtube or whatever but the more complicated stuff i know you know is something that's going to have to be done face to face i mean whether i i'm a firm believer that you can learn just about anything from youtube and you can learn just about anything from podcasts and so i continue to say that because i cannot tell you how many times something's happened it's like Oh, no, the the car window won't roll up. Oh, let's go to YouTube and watch a video, you know, and Absolutely. try to
1: figure out how to, how to do it it my new around. website using YouTube. But, yes, it's, exactly. It's great. So I, I like teasers. Yes. I,
0: I, let's put it yeah. that way. Like,
1: like the movies do trailers. Um, yes. They don't give you everything, but they give you enough to get you curious.
0: Right, and give you enough to introduce you to an expert that you could then get more information Absolutely. from. So it's almost like, I mean, it really is opening a door, and it's, you know, it's, it's giving you a little bit of a runway to build some kind of relationship with your customer. Not that you have to give everything away for free, but that you get to build a little bit of relationship, a little bit of credibility. And then when they need more that requires paying for it, then you're the one they come to. So I definitely love that strategy strategy. So now, at this point, you have uh, just closed escrow on your business. You've gotten it. You know, let me ask you this, and this is just kind of a, you know, you've been there and done that. Do you have any tips for, I know you said you you kind of were going to throw it up against the wall and saw what stuck as far as business being for sale. Was there anything that you did in preparation for that that you could give A little bit of advice to people that might be looking at selling a local business because there are some definite things that will be scrutinized during due due diligence that you really need to make sure you have in line.
1: Absolutely. Well, we 100% knew that we had a fallback plan. So we had another business that was providing for us. So, um, you know, if you're going to sell a business and it's profitable, you know, it's somewhat profitable and it's making you income. Uh Have another stream of income that that is compensating that income and make sure that you're financially ready to take on that next step. Um mm-hmm. for us when we sold our studio I knew that we were gonna be okay with another stream of income that we had coming in. So with the sale of the studio, I made a calculated decision and we did, and we said, okay, well with the sale, we're gonna pay off some stuff that we had, but we're gonna have a nest egg. On top of that, we have this amount of money coming in per month that's going to allow us the flexibility to start a new business. Now we do have a mm-hmm. time frame for our new business. So um, you know, with that being said, have a game plan set. For how you're, how much you're going to sell your business for, and what you're going to do, and put a goal to it. Like, just don't leave it up to the air. Just say, yeah. you know what, I have six months to make this new thing work. But I made sure that, you know, prior to selling my business, I have another stream of income coming in that's going to take care of me and my family. Now, if you're single, that could be a totally different sure. method. But for me, yeah. I had a baby boy and a baby girl to feed, and my wife to provide for. So I had to make sure that I did the studio. As long as I could to make sure that my new endeavor was uh, making money so that I can make the transition a little bit less, uh, ri- less riskier, I should say. Sure.
0: Now, let me ask you this. Did you utilize the services of like a broker or anything going through your sale?
1: I did only because the buyer wanted to. Um, okay. Now, this is, there's two things to this. I'm not against it, mm-hmm. but it's not necessary. Right. However, however, it depends on the business that you're buying. Uh-huh. Obviously, if there's a lot of other things that go EDD, uh-huh. you have the Board of State, Board of Equalization. You have different states that require different things. The state of California uh-huh. doesn't necessarily um, – it's not law to do it, but they call it uh-huh. best practices. So because uh-huh. the buyer wanted to go through escrow, we honored that, and we said, okay, no problem. Um, if I sell this next business, like the festival, I will not be going through escrow. Absolutely not. It's, okay. It was uh, – for us, it was a slight, was a slight nightmare. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just a process and more money that we wasted. If you're dealing with two people, you have a lawyer, you have a contract, you're good mm-hmm. to go. And if you trust the person, then it's going to be awesome. But best practices and depending on the type of business that you're selling, the escrow company does do its due diligence. They do do checks that you may not mm-hmm. be able to do to make sure that you're buying a business without any debt, without any you know other grievances against it to make sure yeah. that when you finally have that business that you're in the clear and um, so there is some safety precautions behind it, depending on the business that you're buying. Sure, and I
0: I would also like to just uh, put on the the back of that that you know as a someone if you are going to buy a business, and and many people are in a situation where that is that is how they will get into business. They will they will purchase a business. But ultimately, all of that due diligence falls on your shoulders. I mean, you can use the attorneys and the business brokers and those other professionals. But at the same time, if something gets missed, you know, you don't always have them to go back to. You know, it's many times you're left stuck with it. So it definitely – I would encourage people to not completely depend on those people to do their job for them and and really get in and do the due diligence and make sure – You know, that relationship like you were talking about, the relationship and the connection that you have with people – is going to be what your gut is. You know what I mean? You, if you trust that somebody's being honest and forthright with you and they they haven't, you know, put together, you know, this one set of books for the sale and then the real set of books is over here, you know, it just it just makes all the difference in the world if you feel like you're you can trust and that there's honest information being given and someone's not out to take advantage of you. So, um just wanted to get your, your advice on the business broker situation. So, um, It's just like real estate. Do you need a broker? It is. It is. Absolutely yeah. not.
1: You don't need a broker mm-hmm. to buy real estate. You can go mm-hmm. to a, a somebody. That's why you even have some signs. No real estate broker wanted. We're selling our home. They yes. go directly to another sale and a buyer, work with me. I don't want to give any of my hard-earned money that I've invested sure. into my home to a broker. That's make. So you have people today that do real estate without brokers and do – so businesses without it's just like you said, you do do your due diligence. I think what uh-huh. happens is people just get lazy and they don't they don't yeah. do we have Google now. Technology yeah. so yes. much guys. You yes. can start a business like that with thirty bucks. I mean literally. You uh-huh. get a website up in less than five minutes nowadays. I mean technology is changing so it's much true. and you the answer is on the palm of your hand with your smartphone to so almost any question yeah. that you have. No, you're
0: exactly right. And I think, you know, too. Um, You know, you don't want to feel pushed into a situation. And I think sometimes, you know, with, you know, bro, and it's nothing against any of these professionals. There are some definite, honest people. But at the same time, you have to realize those people make money when you buy. And those people are making money when you sell something. And they're the ones that, you know, supposedly sell it for you. So it's in their best interest to close the transaction regardless of any encumbrances. So, you know, you're the one at the end of the day that's stuck with the business, whether it was misrepresented. Or whether it wasn't all that it was said, you know, said it was going to be. So do your due diligence because there's nothing that can replace that in the long run. Absolutely. Now, at this point, I wanted to to give you an opportunity to talk uh, to just briefly tell us what you're doing now, and um, because we, I want to make sure that you know we've we've kind of picked your brain for some local advice, and so um, in you know. Compensation for that, I want to give people the opportunity to know where you're going to be what you're doing now, and be able to link up to all that in our show notes and on our website so that people can find you and actually benefit from what your next endeavor is
1: absolutely well thank you Christy. Well right now we sold our studio, so what are we doing now over the last fourteen years, I developed as a person as a leader i i mean I've, we've been through so much um, don't have any college i never decided I never went to college I actually Tried. Um, I had the Navy college <laughs> fund. I had the McG- yeah. GI bill. I had. I would have had everything paid for. Um, but I went to one class, one semester, and I. You ever seen Charlie Brown? And you've yeah. <laughs> seen the waltz? I'm <laughs> telling you to the T. That is exactly <laughs> what it was like. And I came home and I told my wife. I said, "Oh my goodness, I'm either really dumb or school is <laughs> not for me. And I know I'm not dumb, so I think I'm going to uh-huh. drop out. So I did and and that's what happened. That's what started everything. But anyhow, right now what we're doing is I started a company called Inspire to Win. Um and I have a site called inspire to win dot com. And what I'm basically doing there is I just through our struggles, because we went through a horrible, horrible two years about six about a year ago. I mean, we had everything that could happen to us under the sun financially happen to us from car repossession, lights turned off, water shut off, no food in our house. And I had two kids. It was rough. It's really, really, really sucked. And it was one of the hardest times that we went through, but we got through it as a couple. We got through it as a family. And and we now see the the light at the end of the tunnel. And now what we're doing is now that we sold that, I told my wife, I said, my love, we have to add value to people's lives. So many people are hurting around the world. many people just need to hear some advice I said we've learned how to coach people we started a home-based business so that's what we do there too we have a health and wellness company that we've done in the network marketing arena that we're very uh-huh. successful in and then we also started inspired to win.com so with that is that's our consulting company we teach people how to how to take their life to the next level we help people with branding I have two amazing graphic designers and web developers that work with me um, and we do, we do a podcast just like this one called Inspire to win and and you know, it's our way of just giving back, and I do that with my wife. Um, I was going to do it by myself, and I, I I was up one night, and I thought to myself, God, I want to do it with my wife, a husband and wife team doing a okay. podcast, inspiring, motivating, giving nuggets of wisdom, and talking about our struggle. And that's what we do now. And um, that's that's what it is. So I also do a ministry. So I opened up a ministry with my senior pastor called unshakable.org. So from that standpoint, I do that. So those three things are going to be my life's work.
0: Wow. You know, um, do you feel like everything leading up to this point was just in preparation for
1: this? Absolutely, 100%. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't take anything back. And if you're listening to this, guys, you have to open up that mind. I call it the parachute of your mind. Open it up, and everything that you're going through right now is preparing you for something. You just got to be open to it. You got to be willing to just receive, go out there and see how you can add value to people, go out there and try to get past what you see. And look at the vision that you have for yourself. And if you have any butterflies, if you feel, if you feel fearful of what you're pursuing, then that's probably where you need to go. Because I truly believe, Christy, that when you leave your comfort zone, that's where the next breakthrough is going to happen
0: when the magic happens. Yeah, it's true. And it doesn't mean that that's when it becomes easy. It, it just means that that's whenever you, everything falls into alignment eventually. Absolutely. And you learn, you you become the person you're supposed to be at the exact right time that that next opportunity comes along. But you know what, Angela, I also wanted to, to say something that um, to just kind of comment and encourage people in something that you just mentioned. You mentioned I didn't go to college. I, you know, school wasn't for me and i think right now in our country we are seeing a trend where we feel like the universal default answer for everyone is get a degree and graduate from school and get whatever debt you need to take on in order to accomplish that now i am not saying that there's anything wrong with getting a degree i have some it's not you know it's not that but that is not the cardboard cookie answer Cutout a cardboard cutout answer for every single person, and many, many, many entrepreneurs are people that said, "You know what? The traditional route is not for me. I would be bored to death. I would it would not be an environment that I would thrive in." And so, don't feel bad if you need to short circuit that route because you've got something better in store with building a business or doing something on your own. So, I just uh, I'm glad you were able to. Not continue in that and waste time and money that could have been valuable doing something Absolutely. else.
1: And I, I feel the same way, Christy. And, and again, I don't knock. Ne- I don't knock education. Sure, it's, it's definitely a business. And it's, uh-huh. it's, it's a business that this country has created to put people into uh-huh. debt, but they do uh-huh. deliver end result that could bless the lives of people. So I, uh-huh. I always told, I told my wife, we homeschool our kid. That's another reason uh-huh. why we decided to do what we do is I wanted uh-huh. to be a part of my son's and my daughter's education because I believe that's where it starts. Uh, yeah. So in the process of doing it, I told her, you know what, if my son wants to become a doctor – he wants to become a lawyer he wants to become an architect and he wants to become something that requires licensing and further education then he will go to the best schools and i will make sure that i provide that for him
0: but sure. if he tells me
1: dad i want to be an entrepreneur i want to open my mm-hmm. business up or then he's he is, i'm going to put him in the best school possible and that's going to be the school of hard knocks sure. you're, going to go out Absolutely. There and you're going to learn you're going to learn by doing And um, and that's what I did. And that's what I love about it. And that's why I believe that as long as we move forward with what our vision is and what our purpose is, then you're going to be on track. And I love what you said there. And I just wanted to add to I always think that it's never going to be easy. I don't have a mindset (laughs) that I'm ever going to make it and that it's always going to be awesome. There'll come a time where you're going to be able to breathe and relax. Take that Uh in and bask in it. But always be on the lookout. Always have your radar up because The time is coming where the wave will come, and it's going to test how bad you want to continue in your dream, and I never let my guard down in that sense. I always know that it's never going to be easy at any time, and having that mindset just prepares me for whatever comes. It it absolutely
0: does, and you know, Angel, I think the other thing too is so many people get – I guess hamstrung is the right word, um waiting to feel like they are fully prepared to embark on whatever they're supposed to be doing, and I can't do it yet because I don't have an education. I can't do it yet because I don't know enough about it. I don't you know it's we look for excuses to keep us from actually taking action, and so I think there are also people that need to just put those excuses aside and take action now. And the next step you take will lead to the very next one you're supposed to take. And just keep walking through those open doors as they're presented and before you know it your your path will have come to where it's supposed to be. I mean I, I truly believe that and I'm like you, I believe in the uh, in the uh the higher power that, that overrules and, and the affairs of men anyway. And I know that in my life and even in your path, it's, you can see that very clearly in hindsight. Sometimes not so much in foresight. We don't have that, (laughs) we don't have that benefit, but you know, you see that. In hindsight, and think, man, I'm so glad I, that was that one turn in the road that I thought was devastating, but it it was what got me where I'm supposed to be. So, and that sounds like what what you've had. You had a, a very difficult year that ultimately puts you where you're supposed to be, and gives you the experience and the wisdom to help others get through and that too. How, that's and how
1: inspire To win got started. I had to write a blog, and I had to encourage myself, and I knew that if I taught people what I've been learning during my process, it would take me away from my problems. So Inspire2Win.com got founded and was inspired during the roughest time of my life. Wow, and that's sometimes when you don't feel like you have a lot to give to anybody. Absolutely. Whatever, it is, yeah. you know, like, who am I to I feel, say anything?
0: <laughs> I am wrung out at this point, and so you think who to who to give to? But you know, when you do something like that, you don't know who else you can impact, and that you know that's one of the things that I love about even doing this podcast and trying to help people with local business because I feel like local businesses can completely be the key to economic recovery. recovery recovery. recovery in any area, and if you have local business owners that are doing well and thriving, and then employing other people and creating great workplaces to work in, then pretty soon the whole community gets lifted up by that. And it's not because of subsidies or grants or you know more uh, free money coming in from other places, but it's because people are doing something about it. And so it's the exact same thing that you're doing is just getting people to hopefully live their fullest life.
1: Absolutely, and that's that's what brings the, I. I, for me, the most, uh, amazing sense of fulfillment is just adding value to other people's lives. And eventually that's the best way of giving back.
0: Perfect. I love that. I love that what you're doing. I love that you've kind of, uh, Transitioned into, um, instead of, you know, kind of being the the tactical person in people's lives, showing them how to do something, that you're kind of more uh, moving into a strategic level and helping more with the mindset and the mental part of it, because that's where most of us fight our battles, you know. (laughs) The the, the mind, mind, woo, I tell you, it can be crazy for you. And that's where all our fear gets built up, that's where all of our issues come from. And so uh, I love that you're helping address that. Tell us um, – you've we, got inspiretowin.com. I'll link up to that. You have a Facebook um, and Twitter account yes, that we need to – Yeah, okay. do, yeah so it's a, with those are.
1: yeah. It's facebook.com forward slash win. Okay. And the same thing with the Twitter account, twitter.com forward slash win.
0: Perfect. Well, I will link up to that. And how many days a week are you doing your podcast?
1: Well, right now we just launched last week, so it's fairly nice. new. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's fairly new.
0: Congratulations. Thank you.
1: We're doing once a week for right now, and then we're going to okay. go to twice a week.
0: Okay. Perfect. So go in and listen to um, Angel's podcast. You'll probably see several episodes there by the time you listen to this and uh, subscribe to it and uh, give him a listen. And, and also feel free to do a rating and review because I know that's always appreciated when you're starting out with your podcast and the launching of it. That's that's a critical piece of that. So um, – Feel free to get in touch with angel for the the links on our show notes we'll have those on that page and angel any parting words of wisdom or parting thoughts for us before
1: we let you go today I just say never give up no never give up to your dream have a focused focus, concise plan for your vision, and then just set some small goals up. Don't try to go from A to Z right away. Go from A to B to C to D. Experience the greatness of accomplishing small goals, and in the process, before you know it, you're going to see yourself at the letter Q, and you're going to look back and wonder, wow, I got this far already. But having small little goals, accomplishing small goals, will give you the confidence and the posture to be able to go after the next goal. And then, uh, you know, last thing, whenever I get discouraged, I just go on YouTube.com, Christy, and I throw on some Les Brown. I don't know if you've ever heard of Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy, oh, my goodness. You (laughs) hear him? I am telling you it's like being in church. It's like – You're going to be happy. (laughs) Oh, you will be happy. And then I listen to him literally when I have fear sometimes. And then Mm -hmm. right after I listen to him, I do exactly what it was that I was fearful, making a phone call or just doing something. But – Find something that can combat the negative mindsets in the battlefield of the mind, and when you find it, you're going to know because you're going to feel like full throttle, and then never, never stop doing what that process was to get you there. And, and before you know it, you'll be inspiring others to do the same.
0: Yeah, and success breeds success. So once you overcome that fear and go ahead and take the action, you find out it wasn't as bad as your mind built it up anyway, and so then it's easier to take the next step and the next step. Absolutely. So love that advice. Angel, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your business journey. We covered 14 years plus in the last hour, and I thank you so much for your time and all the lessons that you've learned and shared with us. And we wish you the greatest success with your new ventures, and hopefully we'll get some listeners coming from uh, our podcast over to yours and be able to uh, help you get on the map there with iTunes and that sort of thing as well. So thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute
1: pleasure talking to well, you. Well, thank you, Christy. Appreciate it and much success to you as well.
0: Thanks so much. You have a good day, okay? You
1: too. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.